Hi, everyone. Welcome back. And this is a very special episode of Self-Care Stacey podcast because it's, it's actually one of the calls that I do for the, the continuity program after Self-Care 101. Some of you all know I do a, a 10-week habit change program where I bring a group of women who are ready to make a change in their self-care and how that affects their, their own empowerment in their life and their career and who they are as women. And I help people uh, through that. And then for some people, that's 10 weeks is perfect. And some people, they're just like, I'm just getting started. So we do a continuity program, which is a six-month-long program. And it has uh, every month we have a guest speaker. And I was, I've been really wanting to bring Don um, Norwood on as a guest speaker. He's an amazing massage therapist. Uh, he does Ayurvedic massage as well as many other kinds of massage here in Washington, D.C., I wanted to bring him on the podcast and, and interview him because I, I just think he's a wonderful um, healing resource in our city. And uh, then I wanted to also bring him on as a guest speaker. And I'm, I'm really a fan these days of how easy can it be as a philosophy for, for making everything work. And so I thought, well, maybe we could just record the call as a podcast. So you're going to probably hear some other voices besides Don and myself. I, I love learning through conversation, I think it's one of the most powerful ways that we can learn, that it, it doesn't have to be this isolated, I'm the teacher and you're the student um, process. So I'm hoping that this conversation will be educational for all of us. I know every time I'm in a conversation like this, I always learn a whole lot, even if I'm moderating it. So I'm looking forward to the insights and appreciating all of everyone who's listening out there. So I'm going to bring on Don now. So, hi, Don. Hey, Gracie. How's it going? Good. Good. How are you? I'm doing great, thank you. Um, it's Vada season all of a sudden, and um, I'm really feeling it this, this, this time. The coolness is nice, um, but I'm feeling a little anxiety and um, some other things that I usually don't feel. Um, so it's kind of interesting for me right now. I feel the same way. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that. I was like, um, I hope yeah, people you know. don't hear it in my voice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, part of it for me is around this call. I'm always a little bit nervous be- before I speak to groups and that sort of thing, and that's normal, but it also sort of fuels the, the energy of the call as well. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting into the material. I've got some interesting things to talk about. Yes. I like to think of that, that, well, that is the Vata feeling, right? It's uh, um, that kind of high-frequency anxiety, but maybe excitement feeling. Mm-hmm. Exactly. As exactly. Well. And it's, you know, part good and, and, and can be a little bit overwhelming sometimes as well. Um, but I've got some things to talk about tonight to help calm that, so... Um, awesome. Well, we're gonna we're gonna be in this together. I think I'm, you're probably not the only one, and I'm not the only one out there who's feeling this change of season and how that can bring up anxiety. And what I already love is that maybe people who are listening haven't connected that like, oh, I always get anxious this time of year, and maybe that's not just me. Maybe that is something in the air. So I, I love that about Ayurveda that it just can wake up a self awareness and give us more compassion for ourselves, actually. And so I I want to get all of your great knowledge um, out there, but can I give you a little introduction first? Would that work for you? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, great. 
just because you're you're very inter- introductory worthy, because <laughs> um, you played such a big role, I think, in um, in bringing Ayurveda to DC. So, uh, so Don is uh, Don Norwald. He is a certified and DC licensed massage therapist, and he does all sorts of great sports relaxation, injury rehabilitation, massages. But the only way that I've known Don is through his Ayurvedic body treatments. And they are just very magical. You, you go in there feeling one way and you walk out of there feeling completely another way. I always, I always feel like it just takes, takes my anxiety and douses it in warm oil and um, makes me feel like a new woman at the end of it. So I'm very grateful because I've come to you. I always go see you after I'm done leading a retreat and that it's just like the thing I need to put myself back together after giving so much and, and holding that kind of space. And it's been great to work with you. And then it's also been great to recommend you to so many of the clients. And I think you are like the, the celebrity of our uh, self-care alumni group. Everyone goes to see you and loves you, <laughs> including my mother. And uh, I think my, my um, brother's girlfriend is going to get a massage tomorrow for her birthday, right? That's absolutely right. Yep. I'm going to see her tomorrow afternoon. Awesome. Well, I'm not giving anything away because by the time this podcast comes out, she will already have gotten her massage. <laughs> so, yeah. anyways, you're just you're just you uh, like you, what you give through your massages. I really feel is like um, a very compassionate and gentle spirit in this world where that is just hard to come by. And so, I'm very grateful for you, and also very grateful that you are here and taking your time to to teach us. So, thank you for being here. And I'm really grateful for you and, and what you're doing and, and all the teachings that, that you're putting out there in the world for, for all the lucky women who come in, into contact with you. Um, everybody that I've worked with from your group has the best things to say about the program and you know how absolutely transformational it's been for them. So uh, keep up the good work. Thank you. That means a lot. I appreciate it. Okay. So let's, let's dive in. And I'd, I'd love to hear what, what's on your mind right now about what you want to be teaching around um, accessible Ayurveda. I think that's what, like, you really give that to people. And, and so just feel free to start wherever feels right. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the main topic I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to discuss tonight is uh, your skin and um, ways to care for it. It's a really important part of your physiology. And um, it's oftentimes <clears throat> taken for granted a little bit. Um, so I'm going to talk about first a little bit about the physiology of the skin, um, how it protects us and helps us. And then I'm going to move on and talk a little bit about some of the uh, personal care products that we apply to our skin that are commercially available out on the market. And then I'm going to move into uh, a discussion of the Ayurvedic skin types and different oils and treatments and things we can do for ourselves to, um, to nourish and um, treat our skin well. Um, and we'll talk about some other, uh, other Ayurvedic um, self-care techniques that you can also do at home that don't necessarily have to do with skin but um, sort of fall under the realm of how to use oil to... Um, to it, how to use oil in your self-care. Um, so I'm going to start off by reading the um, first paragraph of the skin chapter in my Essentials of a Human Anatomy and Physiology book from Massage School 
um, because I think it, it's, it's pretty, uh, pretty amusing. And it goes something like this. <laughs> Would you be enticed by an advertisement for a coat that is waterproof, stretchable, washable, permanent press, that invisibly repairs small cuts, rips, and burns, and that is guaranteed to last a lifetime with reasonable care? Sounds too good to be true, but you already have such a coat, your, coat, your cutaneous membrane or skin. Um, and that pretty much sums up what we've got. Um, we've got this wonderful mechanism for protection and for um, insulation, for regulating our body temperature, um, and it needs to be cared for. Um, so basically, I'm just going to go over a little bit about the, the structure of the skin, just to give everybody a baseline. Um, the, the, the skin is basically made up of three layers. The, the bottom layer, the hypodermis, is basically lipids. It's, um, it's our fat layer. Um, it's what gives us our curves and insulates our body, protects our inner organs um, from damage. Um, and then the middle layer is the dermis, and that's laced with collagen fibers and elastin fibers, and that's what gives our skin its tone, its um, flexibility, its stretchability, um, and, you know, those are, those are pretty important um, factors. Um, the dermis is also laced with capillaries that nourish the dermis and the epidermis, um, contains pain receptors and touch receptors that are connected to our nervous system, and then also hair follicles, sweat glands, um, and sebaceous glands. Um, and the sebaceous glands are pretty important. We'll talk a lot about that um, as the evening goes on. Um, so that's basically what we've got going on in the bottom two layers of our skin. The top layer is the epidermis, and that has no blood supply. It's basically a kind of hard layer that forms the um, outermost portion of our skin. Um, it's made up of uh, about 20 to 30 layers of dead skin um, on the very outside, and lower than that are uh, cells that are producing cells that gradually move up to the outside. Um, and every 25 to 45 days, the epidermis is completely replaced. Um, and I find it kind of interesting that the top layer of our bodies, of our persons, what we present the world with, is, um, is, is already dead. It's kind of interesting um, in that respect. Um, so uh, moving on, um, the skin has a lot of really important functions. Um, it's the largest organ system of the body and performs a lot of the functions that the other internal organ systems also perform. Um, it protects deeper tissue from uh, mechanical damage, um, bacterial damage. Um, it's really the first line of our, our, our protection of our, our immune system, um, protects us from UV radiation, and protects us from drying out. It's also, it's waterproof for the most part. Um, so that not only keeps water from going in, but it keeps water from flowing out. So it prevents us from getting dehydrated. Um, it also regulates our body temperature um, through the sweat glands and through the capillary system, which brings blood flow to the skin to keep us warm or cool us off as needed. Um, another important thing is that it synthesizes vitamin D when exposed to the sunlight. Um, it's also an organ of excretion. It, um, through our sweat, 
we get rid of metabolic waste and toxins, and that's a pretty important thing. Um, and then, I just I want to interject here and just say too that I, I feel like I've been hearing a ton lately around vitamin D and how essential mm-hmm. it is that we absorb vitamin D through the skin just for our own like mental health as well. I don't know if you've heard anything about that, but I I just think that keeps coming up in conversation and research that I've been finding lately as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's pretty important, and it's the whole question of protecting yourself from the sun but let enough sun get in so you do get the vitamin D um, and finding that sort of medium place where you're getting what you need while you're protecting yourself at the same time. Um, and I don't know exactly what the answer to that question is, really. Do you know, have any ideas on, on, around that? No, no. I mean, I'm so, like, not researched on this, but I, I did get into a conversation this weekend with some people around they're talking about like sun and how like when you are take eating better food and taking better care of yourself and please like this is probably just like so scientifically wrong, but that like you, it's kind of like epigenetics. They were saying that you can turn on like parts of your skin where you won't get as burned. And the reason that that, excuse me. (laughs) Poncho. Um, and, uh, we had someone walking by the house here. Um, but the reason that that made an like, impact on me was that I used to get sunburned all the time when I was a kid, and I don't anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I never burn. And they were saying, like, oh, it's sort of like epigenetics, that it's like as you take better care of yourself and your skin and you put oils on it and things like that, that it can actually change the way your body processes the sun. Again, that mm-hmm. might just be, be hooey, but I thought it was interesting. Yeah, that is kind of interesting. Um, yeah, so, so yeah, that, that's an important thing to take into consideration for sure. Um, and let's see, going down my, my list of organ system functions, um, the other really important excretion, which is kind of a gross word, I'm sorry, <laughs> um, <laughs> is that we excrete this substance from our sebaceous glands called sebum. Um, and sebum is a thick, oily substance. Um, that is really important to our skin. It moisturizes the outer layer, which is really important, but it also is highly antibacterial, um, which is really very important um, in terms of protecting us and and helping out our immune system. Um, And we're going to talk a lot more about that as as the evening evening goes on. Um, Lastly, The um, skin is an organ of ingestion. Anything that we put on our skin goes directly to our bloodstream. Um, And that is something to really take into consideration when you're choosing what to put on your skin and where it comes from and knowing what's what's in what you put on your skin. Um, And lastly, I think this is a really beautiful thing. I was listening to an old podcast by Melanie Sachs to sort of prepare for my talk tonight, and um, she mentioned that our skin is really an organ of perception. And, you know, it can feel a breeze. It can tell the difference between a loving caress and an aggressive touch. Um, It can sense the temperature. It's, uh, you know, just a, a, a wonderful thing that we've got wrapped around us. I love that. It's so beautiful. And that we like we are we are sensitive. 
like we we can like pick up on things and mm-hmm. and I, I feel like the more I meditate and the more I, I kind of look at my diet and, and get a little bit more less numbed and more sensitive I, I realize like how much I actually kind of get like these like body tingles when something feels right or when I'm worried about like how, how much my skin actually can kind of like pick up on things Yeah, that's the other interesting thing. It's like it picks up on emotional changes as well as external environmental changes. Um, You know, everybody's had the sensation when they're they're afraid of having their their hair stand on end or when they're excited feeling that tingling of anticipation. Um, You know, it's a pretty pretty cool, pretty cool mechanism. Well, an example of this is that Pancho has recovered from his defending of the house right now, but his hair is all still standing on edge. Like, I can see it right now that even, like, like Uh it's like we're animals. This happens here. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. It's true. (laughs) Uh, So um, unless there are any questions about the physiology of skin, um, I'm going to move on to some, some more general lifestyle considerations to keep your skin nice and healthy. Um, okay, so if you do have a question, just push star six. This is obviously for people who are live on the line, not podcast listeners, but um, does anyone have any, anything so far that's come up for them? Okay, I'm sensing a pause, so let's, let's keep going, Don. Okay, sounds good. Um, so before we get into specifically Ayurvedic self-care um, and skin care techniques, I'm going to just talk about some general lifestyle things. Um, you know, first, as we were talking about before, um, protection from the sun is pretty important um, in terms of preventing skin cancer. Um, and, the, you know, the easiest way to do that is to wear a hat, um, seek out shade, that sort of thing. Um, and then also um, sunscreen is, is pretty important. Um, but it's pretty important to, it's really very important to choose the right kind of sunscreen. Um, anything over SPF 50 is to be avoided. Um, and when possible, choose uh, sunscreens that have UV filters like titanium dioxide and zinc dioxide instead of the other chemical UV filters that are out there, which can be very toxic and very dangerous. Um, <laughs> So I just want to clarify. So you said anything over 50 should be avoided? Yeah, yeah. I think that's because um, the safer UV filters just can't provide that sort of, of protection. So anything that has that uh, high of a rating uh, probably has a chemical UV filter instead of something that's safer for you. Oh, my, I had never heard that before. Okay, I'd always assume that, like, the higher the SPF, the better. So... Again, I am learning lots of things as we go along. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah, I forget where I heard this uh, myself, but I heard that really anything over um, 50 is unrealistic is an unrealistic expectation from, from a sunscreen. Um, so that's something to, to take into consideration as well. Um, and, of course, another thing you should do is, is really treat your skin gently. Um, be nice to it. Um, use warm water instead of hot water at shower time um, or take, take a warmer shower but limit the time that you're in the shower um, so that you're not washing off all of the beneficial qualities of the outer coating of the skin. 
Um, and then another thing to do is to avoid using soap all over your body um, because that also strips the sebum from your skin. I, just, I think we need so, to give a little pause for podcast listeners, especially I think people in the course know that soap does that, but I, I, I remember it was just a really radical shift for me to have to make to be like, wait, soap, this thing that I grew up with thinking was like the best thing ever is actually hurting my skin. Um, <laughs> so just, just a moment for that to be absorbed out there in, in the ethers. Okay, and can, can you go a little bit more into that just for people who might yeah, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't use soap at all. Um, I, would, I would recommend choosing a, a gentle soap, a uh, vegetable soap if possible, and only using it where it's absolutely necessary, um, indentations and openings in your body that, that require a little bit of extra cleaning. Um, I'm not going to go into too much detail about that. I'll let everybody figure that part out on their own. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, I want to say I love Dr. Bronner's too. Is like a, just a really gentle kind of plant-based soap. I always find that one to be nice. Yeah, yeah, and you can tell the difference between a bath with a gentle soap and a harsher soap. Um, you know, your skin just feels really depleted after you use a, a bar of dial or something like that. Um, and when choosing a soap, whatever you do, don't use a soap that has the word antibacteria, antibacterial on the label. Um, we'll get into that, details about that a little bit later, um, but it's, the antibacterials that are used uh, are really problematic um, for the body and for the environment. Um, mm. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that later. Um, another key thing to do is stay hydrated. Um, and that includes drinking a lot of water, but it also includes um, making sure that there's enough healthy fat in your diet to keep the skin moist and healthy. Um, and diet in general is pretty important, making sure that you're eating a healthy diet of non-processed foods that are appropriate for your constitution and, and the time of the year, and um, also how you're feeling in your body. Um, and that kind of goes back to the... the um, Main, one of the main tenets of, of Ayurveda, which is like decreases like and opposite decreases opposite. So, you know, if your skin is feeling super oily, don't go and eat a big fatty piece of meat um, or a super oily salad or something like that. And at the same time, if your skin is feeling dry, um, have some avocados, have something with some healthy fat in it, um, be that a meat or a vegetable or something that has um, some other sort of healthy oil um, that was prepared. Ghee. What's that? Oh, it's a ghee. Ghee. I, just, I mean, ghee. if you read any book on Ayurveda, it's all about the ghee. But I do, I do find that the ghee, it's the clarified butter, is it's really helpful for me this time of year, like on a lot of levels, to put that yeah, in my diet. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Thanks for mentioning that. I, I should have included that on my list of healthy fats one of the best, really, um, bad in coconut oil, I think. Um, yes, if you're, if you're vegan, coconut oil is, a good, is another one. It's good. Yeah. Um, and then another key factor is managing stress. Um, you know, we, we all live in a stressful world right now, and stress 
makes us produce all of these really um, kind of rough hormones that affect our skin and our body in general. Um, so anything you do to manage your stress, yoga, um, exercise in general, um, self-care is a really good thing. Amen. It's really, I think you can you can tell. Like I went, away, I just want to give a little side note. I went away for the weekend and I went to like this festival and it was really nice and relaxing. And I got back and I was looking at my skin. I was like, it looks amazing. And I was like, oh, because I didn't work at all. I was like just having fun all weekend. Like it, it makes such a, I can I can see it in people when they get back from vacation. Just that like glow that their skin gets is really beautiful. Mm-hmm. So I, I love that you put stress on that list. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's pretty important. Um, So the next topic um, on my list is a really big one, and I'm pretty passionate about this. Um, It's about commercial personal care products that are out there on the market. Um, I came to be interested in this through a really good friend of mine, Janet Newman, who has spent the bulk of her adult life working for uh, the Breast Cancer Fund out in San Francisco. And they were sort of the pioneers in looking at um, environmental causes for breast cancer. And one of the things that they, they discovered was that we're exposed through a lot of products um, that we use on our bodies to a lot of chemicals, a lot of chemicals. Um, and if you think about it, um, you know, we brush our teeth. Um, we use shampoo, conditioner. Um, some people use cosmetics like lipstick, eyeliner, um, other things like that. Um, even things we clean our houses with um, have pretty harmful chemicals, and they come into contact in that inevitably with our skin. Um, one statistic I'm going to quote, and it's pretty amazing when you think about this through the course of the day, what you might put on yourself. Um, is that the the average woman uses about 12 personal care products um, every single day. Um, The average for men is six. And just in thinking about my morning, um, I was able to come up with five. And I'm a pretty pretty bare-bones person in terms of what I I use on my body. Um, So it's pretty astounding. And a lot of these products contain chemical emulsifiers, preservatives, antimicrobials, um, and antibacterial agents. Um, And what happens is, you know, any manufacturer of these products is going to say, well, the percentage of these chemicals is really, really low um, and not harmful. But what happens is we're using them on a daily basis, and we're using a lot of different products that contain a lot of different chemicals. If you look at the um, average label of a shampoo bottle, there's probably 25 or 30 ingredients, and the bulk of them you probably have never heard of, and really you can't even pronounce them. Um, It's a lot to navigate. Um, And what happens is a lot of these chemicals tend to accumulate in fatty tissues in the body. Um, so we're using them every day, even though the percentage is, is low, they accumulate and they kind of stick in the fatty tissues. 
um, and cause problems um, down down the road. Um, so it's a pretty it's a pretty important issue, and I urge everybody who's listening to to, to consider what what you're putting on your body. I'm going to talk about a couple of of specific cases um, just to give you an idea of of how prevalent the issue is and how important it is. Um, <clears throat> the first one I'm going to mention is fragrance. Um, fragrance is found in about 95% of hair care products and many other personal care products and a lot of other household products. Um, the problem with fragrance, and we're talking not about essential oil fragrance, we're talking about chemical fragrance. Um, the, the problem is that the industry is completely unregulated um, because the fragrance manufacturers have this loophole where it's proprietary. Um, the formulas of the fragrances are proprietary, so they don't have to disclose what's in them. Um, and a lot of times the fragrances are made up of many different chemicals. Um, and I'm sure we've all experienced, um, I know in my building, the cleaning company uses this really strong cleaner and the building just reeks of this fragrance that's in the cleaner for about a day after, after it's been mopped. Um, you know, it's completely unnecessary. It doesn't really perform any function except to alert the general population that you're in a clean space. Um, and I'm sure that, you know, we've all come, come into contact with um, products that are just overly fragranced and oftentimes will have a reaction um, to that fragrance, like we'll sneeze or we'll feel congested. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, you're on the metro and there's some, that one person who's wearing a lot of perfume or, you know, has Axe body spray all over them or some other product, <laughs> and it just fills the entire car. Um, so it, it's really important just to stay away from any product that lists fragrance on, on, the, um, on the ingredient, in the ingredient list um, because you just don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, and, and when I listen to it, I think about it. I'm like, well, how – because I, I was, like, walking with Pancho this morning, and we were walking past the bus stop where people were standing there, and, like, the – perfume this lady was wearing was so strong that he was walking by it. I was, I was like, how does she live with herself? Because that's like, I would have a headache all the time. And then I was mm -hmm. like, oh, it's sort of like self-awareness. It's like you, when you live in it all the time, you can't even, like, she probably doesn't even smell it anymore. And like, yeah. and I think the opposite is true that I, I, like, I think of you living in your building and like what your neighbors might not even think about, you know, if they're using a lot of cleaning products that have harsher chemicals or scents like you live a very natural lifestyle that you're very conscious of your sense. And so it must just feel stronger to you. And I think that like the sense just feels so much stronger to me now than I ever did when I was like growing up and kind of around a lot more sense. Yeah. Yeah. It can be really overwhelming, especially if you're not used to it. I think that you develop a little bit of immunity to it if you're using a lot of the products um, and you kind of are programmed to think, Oh, this smells good. Um, on me, it must smell good to those around me as well. Um, so <laughs> I, <laughs> there you have yeah. it. <laughs> that has to be what they're thinking, you know, when they put the Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. So the other, the other, um, another 
really big chemical additive that I want to talk about is called triclosan, and um, it's cousin triclocarbon. Um, that's an antimicrobial, antimicrobial that's um, found in a lot of products um, that make antibacterial claims. So think about hand sanitizers, soaps, um, cleaning products. Um, it's even found its way into plastic cutting boards that we use in the kitchen. Um, and it's a really horrible, horrible chemical. Um, it was recently banned by the FDA. The, F the FDA ban does not take effect until next year, and the ban only applies to over-the-counter soaps. So it, beginning in 2017, it's going to be out of hand sanitizers and soaps and, and things like that. Um, but the bad news is that ban doesn't apply to toothpaste. Um, so any commercial oh brand of toothpaste that you see that's antibacterial um, has triclosan in it. It's amazing to me. Um, my friend Janet from Breast Cancer Fund worked, worked really hard on, on the legislation and getting um, triclosan banned by the FDA. And she said that uh, Colgate uh, did a study and the results found that triclosan actually helps prevent gingivitis um, and other uh, bacterial infections of the mouth, um, which is all well and good, but there are also some other safer alternatives out there that do the same thing. So anyway, that's how um, toothpaste, the toothpaste industry bypassed the, the FDA ban. Um, The, so I don't really, I, you know, I just realized when I was doing this research that every tube of toothpaste I have in my house contains triclosan. Um, so I need to do a little bit of research and find, a, find another brand of toothpaste or start making my own. I'm a big fan of, of you know, making your own if you can't find a commercial product that, that you think is safe and suitable for, for your needs. Um, I make my own um, out of coconut oil and baking soda and peppermint essential oil. Mm -hmm. And it's, I just keep it in a glass jar, like a mason jar. And yeah. it, it's great, actually. It's a little soupy in the summertime, but actually now it's like fall. Like it's starting to get a little more solidified and it's easier to apply. But it, like I, it's really weird for me to use other toothpaste now, actually. It, um, yeah. Yeah, I've actually tried that formula. I need to do a little research and see if there's another another way to do it and, and because it, it tends to for some reason make the toothbrush really slippery in my hand. I think it's the, the coconut oil and it, it makes it hard for me to brush oh, my teeth. That's <laughs> funny. Yeah, I never would have um, thought of that. Um, yeah, well, I'm curious to see what else you come up with because I, yeah. I think we can make so many of these products ourselves. Yeah, for sure. Um, and with the toothpaste, I think you can just do a powdered formula of baking soda and some other things. Um, probably not as, as enjoyable a brushing experience, but a lot safer than, than Colgate for sure. Um, so I'm just going to talk for another second about triclosan, and then I'm going to get off the, the subject of it. Um, the danger of triclosan is that it's been proven to be an endocrine system disruptor um, related to thyroid and reproductive system function. Um, it also is a bioaccumulator, meaning it accumulates in fatty tissues in the body. Um, 
to the point where pretty much everybody in the United States is contaminated with triclosan to some degree. Um, a study was done on breast milk, and three out of five samples of breast milk were found to have traces of triclosan, and triclosan was also found in umbilical cord blood samples, which is a pretty okay. scary thing, um, thinking that, you know, our children are basically being born into the world pre-polluted by these chemicals that are in commercial um, products that we use every day. Wow. Um, and, you know, there's, there's a really long list of, of things to avoid, and they're really prevalent in many of the products that we use. And one of the challenges around selecting good products is that for the personal care industry, there's no legal definition of natural or herbal or organic. So choosing something with organic on the label guarantees that there is some percentage of organic ingredients, but it doesn't guarantee that everything is organic. And it definitely doesn't guarantee that there aren't also chemicals hiding in the bottle as well. Um, a good example of that, and although they don't make the claim of being organic, is herbal essences shampoo, um, which you would think is a pretty good choice. Um, but herbal essences, in addition to the essences of the herbs, uh, apparently need some chemical fragrance to make it uh, palatable to the public. Um, and it also has a host of other chemicals that just aren't safe to put on your body uh, on a daily basis. Um, I so grew up with herbal essence shampoo. That was like the the scent when I was younger mm -hmm. too. Like I'll, I'm like, I, I, there was just no awareness that I feel like people had about this when I was growing up. Because I, I used all these products, so many products, and uh, yeah, as I, mean, I get older, it's hard to relate to that. <laughs> Yeah, the whole thing is kind of, kind of a holdover from that 50s mentality, the better living through chemistry mentality. Um, and, you know, it's, not, it, it's time to, to change. And the, the good thing is that there's a lot of awareness. Um, you know, most of the products you find in the store now will say um, paraben-free, which was a pretty big deal to get um, that out of a lot of the shampoos and things um, that we use. Um, and there are some companies that are making really big strides in finding safe alternatives or safer alternatives at least. Um, and I want to just go down a list of, of things. You know, if you're at the grocery store and just want to know, okay, this, this company um, is a company that I can trust. Um, these companies have all been certified by either the um, Environmental Working Group or the um, Campaign for Safe Cosmetics. Um, and the first one is Waleda, which is, I believe, a German company. And um, I work with their products a lot. They're really, really high-quality products. Um, the, the ingredients are fantastic, and they make a, a wide range of products, too. So um, pretty much any skincare. Waleda, um, you, you said? Yeah, Waleda, W-A-L-E-D-A. Oh, yeah, I've seen their stuff before. Okay, great. Yeah, I like their stuff a lot. They have nice creams. Yeah. Um, another company is Badger. I'm not too familiar with their products beyond the sunscreen, um, and it's nice to know that there's a safe sunscreen out there. Um, California Baby is another good company. Um, Intelligent Nutrients is another one. Um, and the last one I'm going to mention is called Beauty Counter. 
And Beauty Counter is great for, for people who like to use uh, cosmetics because they have a full line of uh, eye makeup, um, lipstick, and other things in a multitude of colors, which is pretty hard to find in the safe cosmetics world. Um, so they're sort of breaking new ground and in, in getting the variety out there that might have been lacking before. That's great. Oh, cool. I'm so glad to know about that. Yeah. Um, so there, I've got a couple of other resources that I'm going to talk about too, just so you can make healthier choices in what you put on your skin. Um, the first one is the Campaign for Safe Cosmetics. They've got a lot of great information on their website about the chemicals and, and the dangers of the chemicals. And they also have uh, a great list of safer options for everything that, that you could possibly need. Um, they, along with the Breast Cancer Fund, have created this really fantastic app that's, uh, that's, that I've been using a lot. It's called Think Dirty. Um, and you can find it on iTunes and it's available for other phone models as well. And basically what you do is you open the app and tap on a little barcode symbol, and a little scanner opens up on your phone screen. You scan the barcode on the product, and it gives it a rating of 0 to 3 being a really good product, um, 4 to 6 being an okay sort of 50-50 product, and 7 to 10 being a don't buy this product um, rating. And then it goes, breaks it down further and it tells you what chemicals are in the product. Um, and then you can tap on the chemical name and it gives you a description of the chemical, what it's used for in the product, and um, research-based um, dangers that the chemical presents. And oh, I recommend everybody get that. Yeah, yeah, so again, that's the, that's, the app is called Think Dirty. Think dirty. Okay. Wow. I love. I love how there is innovation that's out there that so people can know about it because it's like the information that's out there. But like, what I appreciate about you right now is that you're bringing forth the information that so we don't have to research it, and that's mm -hmm. um, very valuable. And it's so great that people are seeing that that's the disconnect because I think it's one of those things that if, as we know what the dangers are, we won't do it anymore. But it's like when we've only been sold that this is like a great option and no one's anything, you're like, why would we not do it when we've been being advertised to all the time? So I think it's yeah, really it's, powerful. Yeah, and it, you know, it's, it's, it's really a, not, a lot to navigate um, because a lot of the most benign things that are listed as ingredients in, in these products have names that you can't pronounce um, along with the, the things that are the most toxic. So it's, it's you know, it's really too much for anybody to, to be able to to remember at the store, so it's nice to have this go-to thing so that you can check it out. And it works really quickly. And the cool thing about the, the app, the Think Dirty app, is that it's um, one of those crowdsourced things. So the more it's used, the more products that get in there, um, the better it gets. And the more users who are using it, the better it gets. Um, you know, if you happen to put it on a product that doesn't come up in the database, it gives you an option of sending it to the database so that it can be researched and added, um, mm. which I think is a really great thing. That's um, awesome. I remember when I, yeah, I was a really early adopter of this um, just because I'm on the, on the uh, uh, Breast Cancer Fund 
a mailing list, and, and I got an email when it was first released, and there were a lot of things that weren't coming up. Um, you know, I was at Whole Foods just testing it out for the fun of it, and, and the majority of things weren't coming up. And I sort of put it away until I started preparing for this and took it around my house, and pretty much everything in my house came up. So it's really improved. It's really gotten huge over the past three or four years. Um, so it's a great resource. Awesome. And, and also just to say that what, what we can do is once we, once we learn, and this is self-awareness, like we see like, okay, well, I don't want to be putting that stuff in or around my body. And like what we can do is we can start to support companies that are doing something actively different. Like this beauty counter, I just pulled up the website. It just looks like an amazing company that they really care. And so like I want to give them my money. I feel that way about Lush Cosmetics. I, like, I think it's a UK brand, but they sell it a lot of, um, they have a store in Georgetown and DC and a lot of big cities. And they have um, most of the products that they have could be edible, which is kind of a big thing in Ayurveda, I know. Like, mm-hmm. and, and they're very, very minimal packaging. I love their shampoo bars because there's no packaging at all. So they've really embraced the, the zero waste philosophy. And so I, the products are expensive, but they last a long time. They're high quality. And I love what they're doing, so I'm willing to pay for it as well. So it's like it just our power as consumers is really important to remember as well. Yeah, for sure. And that power extends to the negative vote by not purchasing um, harmful products that contain, har- contain harmful things. We're voting that way as well. Um, one thing I do want to mention about um, the European versus the U.S. brands is that um, in the EU, a lot of the chemicals that are still being used in the U.S. Um, have been banned already. Um, they've been much more forward-thinking around this than, than the FDA has. Um, the challenge around that is that does not mean that a European brand is specifically following the European Union. A European brand that's being marketed in the U.S., marketed and sold in the U.S., isn't specifically following the EU guidelines. Um, I remember a few years ago, a friend of mine had a baby, and I thought, oh, I'm going to go get some nice products for the baby. So I went to what I know to be a safe European brand, um, which is Kiehl's, and gave this nice bundle of a moisturizer and some other things as a baby gift, and then later came to realize that Kiehl's was actually using a different formula that included chemicals um, that had been banned in the EU, but since they were producing them and marketing them in the U.S., they were following U.S. guidelines instead of European guidelines. Um, so it's... Uh, Heels. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, this was a few years ago, and maybe they've fallen into line since then. I don't want to, to give them a bad name. Um, <clears throat> but it's definitely something, that, something to think about. Um, a, a European brand isn't necessarily following the EU standards and guidelines. Um, Interesting. Yeah. John, can we and pause got, for a second and and see if there's any questions? Because I feel like we have. Yeah. Some let me just get one more. I've got one more resource. One more resource I want to mention before we do that, um, just so of we can course. finish that section. Um, and that is the Environmental Working Group Skin Deep database, um, and that's a database where you can just type in. Uh, any product, and it will give it a rating. Um, and it will also tell you um, the dangers of the, of the components of the, of the product and um, let you know where you can find the research that backs that up. Um, and that's 
www.ewg.org slash in deep. Um, so that's another, another really good resource, and that was one of the first ones out there to actually get into putting the information in the hands of the consumer. Um, because heaven knows the, the, the manufacturers weren't, weren't really willing to do that. Cool. I love, I love that there are resources that people can go and research. Um, I'm curious if anyone, from what we've said, if you have a comment or a question, we'd love to hear it. You can just push star six and pull yourself on the line. All right. It looks it looks like we we're good to go. Do you have you have more information for us? Um, yeah, I do. Um, I'm going to move on to more happier news, healthier skincare alternatives, and um, you know, kind of following what you said earlier about <clears throat> how simple can you make it? How how simple can it be? Um, these things are are really pretty simple because they basically involve you know a couple bottles of oil and that's about it. Um, so I'm going to start that discussion by sort of describing the different skin types in terms of Ayurveda. Um, and they follow the three sort of bioenergies of, of Ayurveda, Vata, Pitta, and Kapha. Um, so we'll start with Vata skin, um, especially since we're in Vata season. Um, sort of overriding quality of Vata skin is dryness. Um, and that comes out as skin that's prone to dry patches, especially around the joints, um, cracking, chapping, um, tends to develop corns and calluses pretty easily. Uh, it's usually pretty thin skin with a, a whitish or grayish hue. Um, and it's normally cool to the touch, especially around the hands and the feet. Um, and, and Vata skin tends to be the type of skin that, that ages most quickly um, of, the, of the three types. And I think that's partially because of its thinness and dryness and also partially because I think Vata folks tend to be the folks who have the, the hardest time managing stress um, in their lives. Um, and that tends to have an effect. Um, can, can you? I know, I know there's a lot in there, but can you give just a couple sentences as to why why Vata has a hard time with the stress? Because I think people out there probably relate to that. They're like chronically stressed. Um, yeah, I think that for Vata folks, they've got a lot of things going on in their mind. Um, and when body gets out of whack, when it, when it starts to, to increase in the system, those things going on in the mind turn to anxiety, which then turns to uh, physical stress. Um, so unless you're really taking care of yourself through your diet and through your daily practices, uh, that anxiety can really just have an effect on, a bad effect on, on your system in general. Um, and your skin in specifically. Yeah, I, I just think that Vata people, they can get so chronically stressed that they don't even know there's another way of being. And so mm -hmm. just if you, if you are out there and you're listening and you're like have the Vata skin thing and you're 
anxious just to know that there is another way of being and, and some routines and the yoga and the breathing and all of that is really important. So thanks for, thanks for clarifying that for us, Don. Yeah, for sure. Um, so pitta skin has an overwhelming quality of, of warmth, and it's usually the folks who have a little bit of a reddish hue, sometimes coppery. Um, often us pitta folks have a lot of freckles. And because pitta has an oily quality, our skin tends to be oily as well. Um, pitta skin is really prone to inflammation. Um, they're the kind of people that if you, you know, just hold out your arm, give it a light touch or a little pinch, a red mark comes to the surface almost immediately. Um, so that inflammation can lead to rashes and itchiness um, and other sorts of skin breakouts. Um, and tends to, as we age, get a little bit of discoloration as well in patches. Um, pitta skin is also prone to premature wrinkling, um, which I'm experiencing now. <laughs> um, and we're going to go through, after we're done with this, and talk about ways to, to kind of counter those natural tendencies in the skin um, with, with the application of oil. Um, kapha skin, kapha people are so lucky. They've got the nicest hair and the nicest skin. Um, kapha skin has a quality of firmness. Um, it's thick and it's moist. It's almost luxurious. Um, it's really soft, really cool to the touch. Um, of the three types, kapha people tend to, their skin tends to, to age the best. Um, the challenges around kapha skin is, like kapha itself, it's sort of, slow moving sometimes, the lymph is slow moving, um, so it's prone to congestion and can develop blackheads and whiteheads and cysts, and it also tends to be a little bit on the oily side at times as well if, if the kapha is out of whack. Um, so another way to look at the, the skin types is to put it in, in the perspective of the life cycle in, according to Ayurveda. Um, we have a kapha period in our life, a pit of period and a vata period. Um, so basically, the kapha period in our life is from when we're born to when we hit puberty. And there's no like distinct cutoff. It's a transitioning from one to the other. Um, so we've all touched a baby skin or seen a baby skin, and it's the, you know, one of the most beautiful things you could ever, you could ever see or touch, I think. Um, it's just so healthy and, and pure. Um, it's just wonderful. Um, and kapha people tend to carry that sort of quality um, throughout their life and their skin. Um, so pitta happens basically for, from um, puberty and for women till about the time they hit menopause, um, and I guess for men about the time when they buy that fancy sports car. Um, <laughs> and... When we hit puberty, that's when the sebaceous glands in our skin really, really tend to get active. Um, and we start breaking out with, uh, with um, acne and other, other things like that. Um, so Pitta sort of happens you know, pretty suddenly for, for, for most of us. And um, that quality of... To break the skin that's prone to breakouts is something that that people tend to um, carry throughout their lives as well. Um, 
And I can tell you about the indignity of having a zit on a wrinkle. It's <laughs> something I never, I never thought would happen, but it, it's happened, and um, it's a sad thing. <laughs> That's real life. That is real life. Yeah. Um, the third phase of life is the end of life. It's um, when we start to get drier, um, uh, start to get lighter, and prepare to transition ourselves back into the, the, the universal energy. Um, and what happens with our skin at that time is the collagen and elastin fibers um, in the dermis uh, tend to start fading away and we're not producing new ones. Um, so the skin gets dry, um, it starts to lose its tone um, and elasticity. Um, and those are some qualities also that can be problematic for people with Vata skin throughout their lives. Um, so I hope that sort of puts things in, in a different perspective. Um, Yeah, I love it. I feel like it would be a great kind of like infographic of like life through the skin and really mm -hmm. tracking like these because we do have these phases of life. Like we do we start in this like kapha earth grounded uh, stable phase. We go through the pitta like expansion drive all of that, and then we go into the vata kind of like we we get smaller and we move towards the death stage when we're in the vata, and it's really respected in other culture especially like the Indian culture because the vata time is the is the time where you get to go off and kind of traditionally wander and become a spiritual seeker and, and it's thought of as like everything is disintegrating in the skin and the body so your spirit is more easily accessed and that mm -hmm. the, the walls are kind of thinned and it's very respected but I think in our culture we're like so afraid of wrinkles you know it's like all the things about getting older that are that are beautiful for that quality are not recognize. So I, I love that about Ayurveda, just this complete cycle of things and that it's not, right. it's not bad to get wrinkles. It's like part of it. It's just honoring the cycle that you're in. Right. And it's a cycle that is circular instead of linear too, which I, I, I just love the idea of that. Um, whether you buy into the idea of reincarnation or not, um, the idea that when we die, our material self and our energetic self gets sucked into the universe and then reproduced as some other sort of biological or mineral or, you know, other thing that's, that's in the earth for, you know, it's given period of time, I think is, is really, really just one of the things that gives me comfort in my life. Um, mm -hmm. and, it's, and we're um, seeing it happen in nature right now, too. We're going through that cycle of vata. We're going into the, like, more of the the death energy, really, the breaking down. Every, we're going towards winter where everything disintegrates and, and draws inward. And and we, I think what helps me is, like, I don't like being cold. I don't, I, don't, I don't like that anxious feeling, but I know it's part of the cycle. And I'm like, there will be rebirth. Spring will come again. We're going to shut down mm -hmm. for a while. And there's something comforting for me about just being in that cycle, even if parts of the cycle are hard, too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so I'm looking at the clock here, and actually the time is, is kind of flying, as it tends to do. Um, so I'm going to move on to um, some practices um, that we can do that are pretty simple, um, that are really good for our 
not only our skin but but also our being um, in general. Um, and the first one I'm going to talk about is um, self-massage with abhyanga or self-massage um, with oil, which is, which is called abhyanga, uh, full-body oil massage. Um, there are a lot of different ways to do this. Um, I'm going to talk about sort of the best practice way to do it, which is to set some time aside for yourself, um, find some container that you can heat up, uh, you know, maybe half a cup of oil um, to a comfortable uh, temperature. And what I do is I fill a vessel with hot water and then put a glass vessel with the oil in that vessel of hot water and, and just let it sit for a few minutes to warm up. Um, and after it's warm, um, massage it. You massage it all over your body. You start with your scalp. You give your scalp a really good massage. Apply it to your trunk, um, your stomach, um, your chest, um, the sides of your body, up into your armpits, and rub it in with circular motions um, in a loving, kind, and hopefully unhurried way. Um, when you're done doing that, apply as much as you can to your uh, buttocks and your back and your shoulders, uh, the posterior side, and just do your best getting the oil rubbed in there. Then apply it to your arms and legs and use circular strokes on your joints and long strokes on the long bones um, and work your way from your hands up into your shoulders and from your feet up into uh, your upper legs. Um, be sure to spend some extra time on your hands and your feet. They're really important. Um, both, of, both of those appendages have links to uh, all of the organ systems of the body. It can help stimulate and balance those systems as part of the massage. Um, and then what you do is you just uh, relax with the oil on for about 20 minutes and it's a good time to do some stretching on your yoga mat. Uh, just make sure that your space is good and warm while you're doing it. Um, and and that you're okay after, getting oil on your yoga mat, too. <laughs> you will get oil wherever you sit when you're doing it. Yeah, yeah, you have to be mindful of that. Um, or you could have a dedicated oily yoga mat, um, but you definitely don't want to do anything that's, you know, no splits or anything with the oil on. <laughs> It'd be dangerous. Um, so after after you've waited a, a, the amount of time that you have, hopefully that's about 20 minutes. Um, you can shower the oil off. Um, and what I do is I just give myself a good rinse with um, fairly hot water, um, and then use a dedicated towel, my Abhyanga towel, to blot the water and any excess oil off of my body. Um, and that's basically Abhyanga um, in its purest form. And the benefits of that mainly, the main benefit is if you're using an appropriate oil, um, the oil nourishes all of the, the tissue of the body. And especially for folks in Vata or folks in Vata season or anybody who has, who has excess Vata in their system, um, 
the oil has a really comforting and grounding effect for the mind and the body. Um, it's it's incredibly powerful. I really I really can forget because it just seems like such a simple thing to do, like put some oil and. But I really notice when I do it, I do it on Friday mornings for myself and just the way that I feel after I do it, like all the sort of like flighty quality just grounds and I feel really rooted and really grounded. And um, and just I've been reading some research for Dr. John Dulliard around um, just what, what gets caught in our lymph system, like circulation-wise and just like how much oil massage and just massaging around the armpits and around the groin and things like that, like how much that can circulate, what gets caught there. And it's, I feel like it is just such a deeply hygienic thing to do too, just to keep things mm-hmm. moving in our own bodies. Yeah, and the oil has a, a, has a, a quality of dissolving the um, impurities in our body and helping them to be released. Um, so that's pretty important. And just the mechanical... Um, Stimulation of the touch gets the lymph moving um, and tends to get the blood flowing as well. Um, so it really helps with, with circulation. Um, so a couple of things that you could add to, to that regimen if you have time is to do some dry brushing or some brushing with um, raw soap gloves called Garshana gloves prior to putting on the oil. Um, And that's a really good practice. I used to be a daily dry brusher. Um, It's really good, especially in the morning, because it stimulates the lymphatic system after you've been kind of stagnant in bed for um, the amount of time that you've been sleeping. It stimulates all the nerve endings in the skin and um, just really makes you feel alive and awake. And it's a little innervating. It can be a little bit rough for Vata people, but the nice thing about that is that it sort of wakes up the Vata and then the oil puts it back to sleep. Um, And it's also a gentle exfoliator as well. Um, You don't want to over-exfoliate, and that's why I would recommend doing it through dry brushing or garshana over doing it with some sort of scrubby thing in the shower, um, which can be really, really harsh and and just remove a lot of the good things and really stress your skin because all that skin that's being taken off needs to be reproduced and pushed up or else uh, to form the outer layer, or else it's leaving you open to um, invasion from the environment. Um, So uh, make sure you gently exfoliate instead of really, really um, scrubbing uh, a lot and often. Remember, our sensitive organ is sensitive. We do not need to, like, be harsh with it. Yeah, exactly, exactly, which is one of the nice things about a Bianca. I mean, you're touching your whole body. Um, you know, Melanie Sachs said in her presentation that I listened to that she thinks it's a, a real shame that the only time that most women touch their breasts is when they're checking for lumps. Um, and that's, you know, one of the really sort of healing things about, about this application of oil to your entire body. It's, you know, done in a loving and kind way where you're giving that love and kindness to yourself, uh, which is a pretty powerful uh, powerful thing. And the oil in Ayurveda is really, it's, it's um, sneha, which means, like, love. <laughs> like, it's really how you, like, that heavy, grounded quality is, like, you really thought of as giving your body love. 
And, yeah, they say um, when, you're, when, when you're saturated with oil, it's the same feeling as when you're, you're saturated with love. Um, I, I honestly, I feel that so much. I feel like it's helped my body image so much to do self-massage and just to really touch yeah. my body, to really put the oil on it, to, like, love it and give it that TLC. Like, it really, it makes me love, like, my body as it is in a whole yeah, new way. Yeah. It's really powerful. Yeah. Um, so the best time of day to do the sabhyanga is in the morning upon waking before you eat anything. Um, since the skin is an organ of ingestion, um, you want to make sure that the oil that you put on is, is what the, the, the main mechanism of ingestion that's happening in your body that's not being taxed by other, other food being digested at the same time. Um, and another good time is right before, right before bed. Um, because it's really calming for the nervous system. And I guarantee if you give yourself a nice sadhyanga before bed, you'll probably get a really good night's sleep. Um, so, uh, I kind of want to do that before I go to bed tonight. It sounds really good. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for bringing that up. It sounded good to me too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the, the, the specific oils that are good for this massage. Um, for Vata people, um, you'll want to use sesame oil. Um, sesame oil is, is kind of a wonder oil for putting on, on your body. Um, sesame oil all by itself has an SPF of 15. Um, and it also is antibacterial and it also is pretty high in vitamin E. So there's a lot of nourishment in there. And besides vitamin E, there are a lot of other things. There are a lot of minerals and other um, vitamins that just come naturally in the oil. Um, and it's really just an uncomplicated product. You know, it's a bottle of oil instead of, you know, something that costs a lot of money and has a huge list of ingredients, some of them that are good and some of them that are not. Um, the other quality that's really great about sesame oil is that it's heavy. Um, it's molecularly pretty small, so that means it gets absorbed really readily into your system, so it's very penetrating. Um, and for those reasons, um, it's not the best choice for folks who are kapha or having some sort of kapha disruption in their life. Um, it can really make them feel too heavy, too sluggish, um, and can kind of mess with their digestion as well, make them feel nauseous. Um, that said, I think that even a couple person in winter can use sesame oil, but I would just really limit the amount that I put on. Um, you know, instead of putting on half a cup, I'd maybe put on a quarter cup or less, a couple of tablespoons. Um, and that should, that should do the trick if you're feeling ungrounded um, during the Vata season and you're, you have a natural tendency toward being sluggish and, and, and kapha. Um, the best choice, and even a pitta person could use sesame oil, but again, I would use a lesser amount um, just because pitta most times of the year has a tendency toward oiliness, um, probably less so in the winter, um, but even so, that quality is still there, so they just need a little bit less of the oil to do the trick for them. Um, a better choice for folks who are pitta is coconut oil. Um, it's got larger molecules, 
uh, so it's less penetrating, it's lighter, and it also has a cooling quality, which is something that uh, PETA folks really, really need in their life. Mm. And for kapha, uh, what do you recommend is the, the best base oil? You know, for kapha, I would recommend um, sunflower oil, possibly. Um, it's a little bit stimulating, which is good for kapha folks. Um, almond oil is also a good choice. I think almond oil is pretty heavy, though, so I would use a pretty small amount, but it's got a really stimul stimulating quality um, as well. And for kapha people, you know, I would say unless you're having some sort of, of kapha disruption, use sesame in lesser quanti quantity in the winter and coconut in lesser quantity in the summer. Um, and besides those two sort of right out of the bottle oils, there are lots of good formulated oils um, on the market through Banyan Botanicals. They make a design that are um, constitution specific. So they make a bottle pacifying oil, a pit of pacifying oil, and a kapha pacifying oil. Um, another really good company, and I'll include links to these in the, in the notes to the talk tonight, is um, another good company is Sharada. Um, those are the uh, oils that I use in my practice, and they come, they're really heavily herbalized, um, and they're made in a, in a traditional way in India where there are people chanting over the pots as the, as the herbs are being cooked into the oils, and they come in a consistency that almost looks like used motor oil. Um, it's really dark <laughs> oil, really highly uh, aromatic, and um, just feels really good on, on my body and, and um, in my system. Um, and I think my clients would agree with that as well. Um, so those are, those are some other alternatives if you want to invest a little bit more money and um, get something that's, that's specific for your dosha. And both of those companies also offer a tridoshic formula, which balances everything. And, you know, when in doubt, balance the tridosha. You can't go wrong that way. I love that. Don, I, my sense is that you have, a, you have more great information to share with us because yeah. I, know, I know you. And we're also at, at time for our call. So I, can we save it for, for another time? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I really want to thank you for sharing so much with us, and um, it's made me think about a lot of things, just like wanting to look a little bit closer at some of the other products that I use and just reaffirmed my love of oil massage, and um, especially around this time of year, is like really one of the best ways to keep myself balanced. So thank you for sharing with us, and um, I'm curious how folks could get in touch with you if they would like to book a massage with you, which you totally should if you are in D.C. or traveling through. Um, yeah, you can find me through my website, which is Donald Norwood, N-O-R-W-O-O-D-L-M-T.com. Um, so again, I'm going to say that uh, Donald is my first name, Norwood, and LMT, which stands for Licensed Massage Therapist. Cool. Oh, check Don out, and thank you to 
for you for being here. Thank you, everyone on the podcast who has been listening. And thank you to my lovely ladies in this class and for opening up this class to everyone. So I hope everyone has learned something new and um, and that we all just practice a little bit more like sensitivity with our bodies, bring on a little extra oil right now and, and just to um, to be conscious and self-aware. I think that's like one of the best ways to carry us through this time. So I'm going to unmute the line so we can all say goodnight to one another. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Thank you. That was very informative. Good night. Yeah. Um, Oh. Good night, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. I really appreciate your attention. Thank you. Thank y'all. Good night. Hi, this is Gracie with Beautiful Life Self Care. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I hope you learned something new. If you want to connect more, then visit me at selfcarewithgracie.com. There you can sign up for my weekly newsletter where on Wednesday afternoons I'll send you more self-care practices, more inspiration, and more opportunity to connect to a community of people who really care about really good self-care. Also write me if you have any other questions or if you have ideas for future shows. My email address is selfcarewithgracie at gmail.com. Thanks a lot and remember, keep putting yourself first and everything else will fall into place.